The Joy FM Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us again this week as we, you know, bring in different content, even though there's no sports currently being played, it's still how to get creative and you know, have uh, things to talk about here on the show. So this week's episode is going to be about some of my favorite commentators in the game and some of my least favorite commentators, you know, uh, broadcasters, announcers, they they paint the picture uh, for what you're watching, but given a descriptive illustration of what you're seeing and breaking it down as they do that. So I'm going to give you my favorite, but I'm going to do that later in the show. So this first segment is going to be about my least favorite announcers. And if you've heard my show in uh, recent weeks, you've heard me speak about this guy. He's he's uh, He calls a lot of college basketball games. Uh, he's very annoying to listen to. It's Bill Walton. Bill Walton is one of the, to me, is one of the worst. Just because he doesn't talk about the game. Like, I'm, I'm watching UCLA and Arizona. I want to I wanna hear about UCLA and, UCLA and Arizona. But you're talking about some trip or... Uh, some country, and I'm just like, man, stick to the script. Like, I'm watching the game, talk about the game. Like, that's your job. Do your job. So, uh, you know, Bill Walton is somebody who I can't stand to listen to. There's a lot of times if I am interested in a game and he's broadcasting it, I'll just throw on music and watch the game with whatever music I'm choosing to listen to instead of listening to his commentary. Like I said, he doesn't provide much because he's not talking about what really matters at that particular time. But, you know, Bill Walton is a guy that he, <laughs> he strays away from, from the subject. He strays away from what, and, and the thing is, whoever's doing the play by play with him will call him out on it. And, you know, they kind of accepted that it's Bill Walton. That's, that's who he is. That's how he operates. But, you know, I don't care how long you've been in the game or, what your status is, what your name is, what your title is. If you're not doing your job, then, you know, somebody should be replacing you. So, you know, Bill Walton is one of my least favorite announcers, hands down, because as a broadcaster, you're painting a picture. It's kind of like if you have, you know, an art, a picture, uh, you know, kind of like a, an artwork where you're not sure exactly what it's about, what it's representing, but you have that artist there and he can kind of, he or she can explain and tell you what you're seeing and go in depth with what you're looking at on that wall. That's what kind of what you get with when you're watching a game is you have this commentator uh, there. They are there to create that picture, tell you like, this is what you're seeing. This is what happened. This is what they should do. Because you're seeing it, but they can provide a different uh, outlook on that particular situation. So that's kind of my reference with with Bill Walton. Is just he he definitely does not paint the picture or talk about what what you should be seeing or what you're learning or uh, the different takes that's going on throughout a game. So to me, Bill Walton should just step away and, and drop the mic and <laughs> go about whatever he want to do. Uh, after his broadcasting career. So to me, I think it's time for him to definitely uh, step away. Next on my list is Bill Raptory. Uh, he's a guy that does college basketball. He's done it for decades. 
He has several catchphrases, and to me, they are annoying catchphrases. Uh, he's <laughs> you've heard a lot of them, and you, if you don't know exactly who I'm talking about, when I give you these catchphrases, you'll know exactly who I'm speaking of. Uh, he'll have some like with the kiss, and I'm like, dude, just, just chill out. <laughs> like with the kiss, like this. He's trying too hard. He's trying too hard. That's really what it comes down to. Or he'll say. Got to get those puppies organized. And I'm like, what What are you doing, man? Like, just just let it flow. Catchphrases, I know, are, are, are a part of the game and commentating. But when it's not natural, it, it comes off force. And, and if you listen to any of his broadcasts, he he forces those, uh, those catchphrases to get him in, even though it really doesn't make any sense or, like I said, it doesn't come off natural. Uh, or, you know, you'll it'll be a tip-off and – you know, Syracuse will be playing defense, and he'll say, Syracuse comes out in man, man. Like, like, and I think he's the only one that finds it funny. Like, I don't really know many people who enjoy his catchphrases. And, but, you know, I'll tell you what, it has kept him in the game for, like I said, several decades calling basketball. And, and not saying he doesn't know basketball, but I just want people, like, when you do it, just just be genuine in your, uh, in your, in your calling. Just like, you know, Stuart Scott, you know, the great Stuart Scott when he was with ESPN. And uh, I remember back in the day, it was he and Rich Eisen were that tandem on SportsCenter. You had Dan Patrick and Kenny Mayne. All four of those guys have been outstanding in their careers with catchphrases and the things that they say that people have tied to them. Uh, I remember Stuart Scott always saying, you know, he's as cool as the other side of the pillow. And it's just something that's that's real deep when you think about it. And you're like, man, I do love when I flip the pillow over, and it's like I can get back to sleep and rest just like uh, like a baby, you know. So, uh, yeah, I feel I feel like Bill Raftery. He tries too hard when it comes to his catchphrases. Uh, he sounds old to me as well, like which isn't really good when it comes to broadcasting, television, or radio. Uh, like you can't you can't when you sound old, it may be time to really like say hang him up. You think about Vernon Lundquist? I know people have spoken. Uh, their ill ill thoughts about him in recent years, which he's, you know, thankfully retired. But like I said, he sounded old. Like it's gotten to a point where it's probably time to hang him up, man. Because you've been you've been doing it for quite some time, and it's time to drop the mic. Like I said, for Bill Walton as well. Now the next announcer, who uh, he's probably my least favorite, and it may sound kind of odd with me being a Steelers fan. But he's not the reason why I like the Steelers. It's Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw is, uh, oh, man. Like, he does the Fox, you know, kind of Sunday uh, show, what they have with Kurt Menefee and uh, Michael Strahan, Jimmy Johnson, Howie Long. Terry Bradshaw, they, they, give, in, they give him the okay to do the highlights. So when I get out, you know, at a church on Sunday, I get home, and I'm trying to catch up and see what's taking place. Uh, so when it comes to Fox's halftime show, Terry Bradshaw is doing the highlights. And when you're doing highlights, they should tell a story. Um, they should be – you have to be on track with the plays. You can't be dragging behind. You can't be too soon. You have to be right on time as you're talking about what the viewer is seeing on television. So uh, Bradshaw is always behind or he's, he's just never – in sync with the highlights. And so, like I said, you can't be too soon. You can't lag behind it either, though. And then he's butchering names. And I can't even watch that highlight show because I know he's – I can't get the full experience that I should get from watching highlights. So I'll just go to 
CBS and watch theirs or go to NFL Network and get a recap of that day's games because I know Fox isn't going to give it to me. Uh, another thing about, you know, Terry Bradshaw is that he has a strong disdain for Cam Newton. Like, he does not like Cam Newton for whatever reason. I don't know what it is about Cam, but uh, when Cam was drafted by the Panthers and, and the NFL draft, number one pick by the Panthers, he uh, he spoke that he was asked by Kurt Menefee, who I mentioned was on that broadcast team, Kurt Menefee asked, which other rookie quarterbacks do you believe will have, you know, the most success in the league? And Bradshaw was like, well, I'm not a Newton fan. I've never liked him. I never liked him in college. And Menefee was like, really? Like, at all? You know, just kind of taken aback that you don't like Cam. Like, how do you not like Cam? Like, you may not like him, his personality or his demeanor at Auburn. I can I can get that. But you can't, you know, dis- discount his, his play, his talent level. Uh, I mean, I— I don't like, you know, Joel and B for the Sixers. I don't like his personality, but I know he can play. Like he's one of the best big men in the NBA. Uh just like Antonio Brown, like, you know, he was one of the best receivers, but he got him on theirs with some of his antics and, you know, Terrell Owens was the same way. So, uh he's speaking about Cam Newton that he wasn't fundamentally sound uh or technically sound coming out of college and if you I found an interview where Bradshaw said the same thing about himself that I didn't know how to read coverages coming out of college. So, like, how can you be, uh, you know, contradicting in, okay, Cam doesn't do this well, but you just said in an interview that you didn't do it as well coming out of college. So, uh, but he, did, he didn't like Cam. He, he was asked, going back to that question that Kurt Menefee asked him, who would you take or who would you see having the most success out of his rookie class? Bradshaw said that he liked Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, and Christian Ponder. For those of you keeping tabs at home, Jake Locker no longer plays, Christian Ponder no longer plays, and Blaine Gabbard is hanging on by a thread. So, you know, Cam Newton is by far, um, in comparison to those other three guys, it doesn't even come close. So that was one of the things when I, you know, because it feels like Bradshaw was attacking Cam Newton's character more so than his play. Uh, You know, when he came out, he even said that Newton was – even uh, far behind what Michael Vick was coming out of college. And it's like Vick and Newton are nowhere near the same type of guy. Um, I read you know, an article by a writer was, who was talking about that, and he was saying that Cam Newton was actually closer to what Roethlisberger was like coming out of college. So, uh, yeah, Terry Bradshaw, to me, he has something against Cam, and he's never let it down. So, uh you know, that's something that really rubbed me the wrong way. Now, the thing that really set it off for me is when he heavily criticized and continues to criticize Mike Tomlin, who's the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Mike Tomlin is a top five NFL coach. Like, this is a guy who's never had a losing season in his NFL career. Like, think about that. He's never had a losing season. There's been a couple of eight and eight seasons, but every other year uh, it's been a winning year. So, yeah, he, he called Mike Tomlin a cheerleader. He said he's just a guy who cheerleads. He's not a head coach. But like I said, if you listen to the NFL circles, people, they they, they love and respect Mike Tomlin. He's a player's coach. Uh, he's there for them on and off the field. And so for Terry Bradshaw to call him a cheerleader when that's nowhere near uh, the truth, you know, just didn't make any sense. So. Uh, uh, they've had their back and forth quips, you know, Mike Tomlin and Bradshaw going back and forth. But 
Like Tomlin knows he can't entertain. You know, when someone has idiotic comments like that, you just let them go about their business. You don't, you know, show them the time of day. But, you know, Terry Bradshaw, when he was coming out of college, when he got to the Steelers, uh, he was coached by Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll was a legendary coach for the Steelers. And so there was an interview that I came across where Bradshaw didn't like Chuck Knoll. And the reasons why he didn't like Chuck Knoll is because Noel was a hard-nosed coach who didn't really praise much. He he kind of criticized you more than anything. And Bradshaw said, "I'm you know I was just a guy from you know Louisiana. I was a mama's boy. Uh, I needed a pat on the back as opposed to being chewed out. So how can you say you needed a pat on the back when you had a coach who chewed you out? But you're talking about how Mike Tomlin is just a cheerleader. But uh, when he's a guy who's for the players who." He loves you. He's going to show you that tough love, but he's going to encourage you. Like, he was, you know, he basically didn't like Tomlin because he's doing chest bumps with the players. He's high-fiving them. But you're saying that's exactly what you needed coming out of college with somebody to pat you on the back to encourage you, to keep you uplifted. Um, so it's weird, and I don't know what it is with Bradshaw and with, with his disdain against Mike Tomlin for him to say that Tomlin's only the cheerleader when he's made it known that he really needed a cheerleader when, or someone of that that kind of magnitude, that personality when he was playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, back in the day when they won several championships. And another thing that just doesn't make any sense is his recent comments about Tom Brady, that Tom Brady wasn't the best quarterback of all time. And that, that's debatable. Like, I know there's maybe two or three guys you could say that could be the best of all time, but Bradshaw named three guys who were better than Brady according to him. He said Roger Staubach uh, was better. He also mentioned that Dan Marino and Dan Fouts. Now, the only one I could kind of put in that boat would be Dan Marino because Dan Marino was one of the best passers to play the game. But there's no way i say uh, Fouts or Staubach was is better than Tom Brady. So that's another thing with, with Terry Bradshaw just saying things just on a whim, I feel like. It doesn't make any sense to say – that those quarterbacks were better than Tom Brady, who we all know the legend that Tom Brady has become with winning six Super Bowls. And who knows, maybe he'll win another one in Tampa Bay. We'll see. But, yeah, that's the, another thing that really bothered me when it comes to things that Terry Bradshaw says that doesn't make much sense. Hey, this is Jack Martin for the Troy Trojans. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Now, the next person who I really – doesn't don't don't really care too much for in the broadcasting booth is Alex Rodriguez. Uh, a Rod, I know he was a great player. He was part of the whole steroid scandal. Uh, something that I had an an idea about even before it came out. I remember I was at Auburn uh, when the news first broke. I guess it was about two thousand nine, around that time when A Rod was caught cheating with steroids. But because uh, if you go back and look at his year in Seattle, he was just tall, skinny kid, and then he gets to Texas several years later. And he looks like a monster, you know. So I wasn't surprised at all when that came about. But that has nothing to do with his announcing, um, his announcing, uh, I guess, lack of talent when it comes to announcing. But to me, for one, he doesn't really have like a broadcasting voice. His, and so it's, it's irritating to listen to, which is which is kind of frustrating because he's in the booth with Matt Baskurgeon and Jessica Mendoza, two people I, I re- highly respect and you know, Matt Baskerson is one of my favorite uh, announcers, period. I just I like hearing him make calls. But So to hear Matt Baskerson on one side and then you hear Alex Rodriguez in that same booth, it's, 
it's a little frustrating knowing I have to hear A-Rod if I want to hear Matt Baskerson. But A-Rod, uh, you know, some some people just don't have it. And I, I feel like, and people that know me, especially my close friends, they heard me speak on this subject knowing that, you know, me being a graduate from Auburn University with my degree in communications and specializing in radio, television, and film, there are several, several players, former players, former coaches who have a job just because they played or coached that, that sport. And it's a difference between effective – it's a difference between knowing a game and effectively communicating or uh, describing the, the kind of – what it takes in that game or what's going on in that game. So I just – I feel like too many former athletes or coaches are getting jobs just because – They've played it. Like I said, you can play it well. That doesn't mean you know how to talk about it and break it down as well as people who's gone to school for that or who studied uh, what it what it means to to analyze a sport or a game and and know how to, like I said, effectively communicate that to listeners and viewers. So, you know, A-Rod, I feel like he's just there. Maybe he won't be in the booth too much longer. But I'll tell you another thing that kind of really wrote me the wrong way was he he it was one I can't remember who they were playing or who he was calling, but he was talking about, you know, I want guys I want some hard nosed, gritty guys. You know, when you when I show up to the parking lot, get ready for a game, I want my my guys to have cars like, you know, Ford pickup or a Dodge Ram and stuff like that. And I don't wanna see uh, you know, a Ferrari and, you know, things like that. I'm like, man, I got you heard that from Colin Cowherd a couple of days ago. Like I was listening to Colin Cowherd a few days prior to that, and he used that same analogy. So here A Rod is uh, a few days later on Sunday Night Baseball, still in the analogy that he heard from Cowherd, and and I have no problem with him using what Cowherd said, but give credit where it's due. So if you if that's not originated from you you know, make it known, like, okay, I heard this the other day, or I can't remember where it was, but, you know, let people know it didn't come from you, this not an original idea, like, some things we pick up along the way, and we hear from others, uh, you know, give credit to the source, and especially when you're in, you know, that kind of media field, you should always give credit to the source, because people want to know, is that from you, was that something you came up with, or just something that you heard along the way, so, uh, the fact, like I said, that A-Rod, basically started from Cowherd without giving Cowherd any props. You know, just like I said, this bothered me a whole lot. Now, the last person on my list that I really don't care too much for is Paul Pierce, another former player. Um, if you've heard Paul Pierce on ESPN, you know he's a homer. He played for the Boston Celtics, and he he doesn't hide that at all when it comes to, you know, doing his analysis on ESPN, he always talking about Boston this and Boston that, and that's okay to be, you know, a supporter of your former team and show love, but you still have to be realistic as you're doing that. You just can't say off the wall things just because it's your your former team. So I remember last year's playoffs, the 2019 Eastern Conference semifinals. It's the Boston Celtics playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Boston Celtics destroy the Bucks in Game One, and He's at the desk with Chauncey Billups and Michelle Beadle, and Paul Pierce is like, oh, this series is over. And Beadle and Billups looked at him like, huh, what? It's over after one game? He was like, yeah, I, I don't see any way the Bucks can come back from this. When it's a seven-game series, the first team to win four out of seven, and sure enough, the Bucks come back and win the next four games to win the series four to one. Uh, like I said, you can't just say things 
just because your former team, you can have confidence in them, but you still have to remain, like I said, honest in your predictions, honest in your opinions. And that's not something Paul Pierce does. I mean, another thing that, you know, I tell you just how bad it is. Someone has created a compilation on YouTube of like four minutes that of dumb things that Paul Pierce has said. And it's it's funny because like all these things that he's said makes no sense. I remember I think they were had a, a question on the panel of who would be the best wing player in the years to come or something. And he said Steph Curry. And the rest of the guys looked at him like, Steph is a guard. Like Steph's not a wing player. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, he is. And and you could tell like he knew what he said wasn't right or uh, but even when you when you when you make a mistake, you got to go back and it's okay to backtrack and say I messed up, I missed it. Yeah, Curry is a guard. You're right. But he just kept going on with it that Curry is a wing, and anybody that watches the NBA basketball know Curry is a point guard and does not play a wing position. So, you know, Paul Pierce is a guy like I. He's one of those if he's on the television, I don't want to hear him speak for real. You know, I may change it or just you know zone out while he's talking. But yeah, he's one of those list of guys that like I said I don't really care too much listening for uh whether it's you know about a game or you're talking about teams I'd rather just have somebody else to talk about or listen to when it comes to you know analysis for that particular sport now when we return we're gonna give I'm gonna give you my favorite announcers guys who are calling to these days and you know I love hearing their announcements uh, announcing skills, I should say, and just their talent uh, when it comes to calling a game. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more in the game. Hey, this is Cam McKinney, former Rehoboth Rebel. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot as we are talking about my favorite and least favorite commentators in the game today. I've given you my worst, my least favorite, I should say. And here are some of my favorite uh, announcers that are calling today. It's not necessarily in any order, but just a, a group of people who I cherish and I look forward to hearing uh you know, throughout any game. So first up is, is Matt Vasgersian. Uh, Matt Vasgersian is a guy who he does MLB. Uh, he's an, he gives a lot of emotion, a lot of excitement, which that's what the great announcers do. They, they're detailed in their description. Also, they bring that enthusiasm and that fun to their calls. So he does MLB. He's done MLB The Show, the video game, for several years which is how I become a huge fan of him. And he also has this show uh, on MLB Network called Hot Stove. So, like I said, going back to the game, MLB The Show, you know, I'm a baseball guy. i played baseball seven years. And so playing in a video game, you know, I didn't really know much about Matt Vasgersian before playing that game. But from playing it and playing it, I'm like, okay, I, I like this guy. I like his, I like his style. I love his enthusiasm. I love his, his commentary. And so... You know, he's got I started to pay a lot more attention to. Like I said, he is on the MLB Network. He does Sunday Night Baseball, as I mentioned, talking about Alex Rodriguez in the booth, uh, along with Jessica Mendoza. So Matt Vasgersian is a guy who 
like I said, if you don't know about him, go check him out. You'll fall in love with him quickly. You know, he's just a, a, a he's kind of the epitome of what it's was about to be a broadcaster. And I just you know, enjoy li- listening to him play. Now, there's a soundbite I want to play for you to kind of get an idea of some of his best calls. And to me, like I said, it's not necessarily about the game itself, but it's about this particular call. Now, this is from Fox going back the 2016 World Series when the Cubs played the Indians. The Indians had a 3-1 lead in the series. The Cubs fought back to tie it and send it to a Game 7. This particular call is when the Cubs were up by two runs in the bottom of the eighth, and Rajay Davis hits a game-time home run for the Indians. The next 2-2. Davis to left and will hit! Oh, my! It's gone! Santa Maria! So that soundbite was Fox, well, their coverage of the World Series back in 2016. And, you know, you heard that Santa Maria call by Matt Vasgersian, and that's become his trademark as he's, you know, been broadcasting. And so, you know, Santa Maria is something you'll hear throughout a lot of his walk-off exciting calls that he has in baseball. And, you know, it's something that, okay, where'd you get that from? Like, where did that call originate from? I was reading an article where, uh, this particular writer was interviewing Matt Baskerjan and and spoke about that and asked him where did Santa Maria come from, and so he said it was a, a family friend. It was his sister's friend's mother, who she they're of Italian descent, and so he said that whenever you know she got excited, she would always say Santa Maria. Like she would go to the grocery store and. She'll say, Santa Maria, tomatoes are on sale. And, you know, that made me think about my cousin, Alan Noble, uh, you know, amazing chef. He's awesome. And bacon and cookie has his own business. I remember this story he was telling us years ago at my house about his excitement that butternut squash was on sale. And so we still laugh about that and talk about that to this day. But when when Matt Bassigurgeon gave that example of Santa Maria tomatoes are on sale, it, it took me back to my cousin Alan. Man, Alan, man, I love you if you listen. Just want to let you know we miss. I miss you, dude. Uh, but keep doing what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, that Santa Maria call goes back to a family friend. So you never know when some of these things that stick with you and how you can use it in in your profession, as Matt Bassigurgeon has done, and like I said, it's become his staple whenever he's you know calling a game. So. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that soundbite. Like that was one of my favorite soundbites from Matt Baskers, and I was for the Cubs in that series. But you know, with that Fox soundbite, that was something that was that's just it's classic when it comes to to Matt and his you know awesome calls that he's done in his baseball career. Now the next guy I want to speak about is Gus Johnson. Uh, Gus Johnson, you know, has done he's done basketball, he's done football, he does soccer. Uh, he's an announcer who's very versatile when it comes to announcing and being able to call different types of sports. Uh, everyone knows he gets excited on everything. I mean, he, some people may say he overdoes it, but to me, like just that enthusiasm that he brings, it keeps your attention throughout the game. And it could be, you know, a top 10 college football matchup, or it could be two schools you never heard of. He's still going to bring that same energy regardless of who the teams are or what the situation may be. So Gus Johnson is a guy, like I said, I love that dude. Like, I just enjoy hearing him talk. Uh, I think a lot more people uh, became aware of who he was when he was named the commentator to do Madden several years ago because 
So a lot of people knew who Gus Johnson was before that, but I think just like what you know any video game does when it comes to whether it's you know being a commentator or you being a band who gets your song on one of the game soundtracks, it just blows up your reputation even more. And so uh, Gus Johnson, I think his reputation really took off um, after being one of the commentators for Madden for a few years. Now, one of my favorite calls from Gus Johnson is this is from a CBS game years ago, back when the Jaguars were playing the Texans. Uh, this is a play, it's a Hail Mary at the end of the game where, where the Jaguars won. David Garrard was the quarterback at the time. So take a listen to this audio that we got from CBS. Garrard steps up, fires, Mike Sims Walker, knocked down. So, yeah, that was an amazing call. I mean, as Hail Mary, last play of the game, uh, you could hear the excitement when Garrard let it go out of Gus Johnson's voice. When it was batted down and he thought it was incomplete, and then Mike Sims Walker uh, catches the deflection for the touchdown. Like, that was – and I had to include that laugh at the end by Gus Johnson. He has this trademark laugh that me and my friend Jake Everett would always talk about. So, Jake, if you're listening, man, I know that you noticed I kept that laugh in there, man, because that's Gus Johnson. He does this, ha-ha, this laugh after his calls. And so Gus Johnson is a classic. He's he's one of the best uh, to ever do it. And, you know, he's very versatile. Like I mentioned, he does basketball, football, and soccer. Like, how many people do you know that can do those three different sports? You know, uh, you know Jim Nance is another guy who does – a lot of different – he does basketball, football. He does golf with the Masters and everything. So, you know, when you have a commentator who can be uh, dynamic in that versatility, I think it says a lot, a lot about their character and their work as a whole. Now, the next guy I want to talk about is Brad Nessler. You know, Brad Nessler is now the voice of the SEC on CBS. You know, he plays Vern Lundquist, who I know a lot of people were tired of, including myself. So, to me, it was a win-win because you had – Lunk was there. He leaves. Brad Nessler replaces him. And so I've been a fan of Brad Nessler for, for years, even as a teenager back going when he were he called the NCAA football series that we no longer have. And, you know, we all missing that game, whether it's PlayStation, Xbox, like that was that's a game that you play every single night waiting for that midnight release from GameStop or Walmart or wherever it would be. Uh, Brad Nessler was the voice of that game. And that's when I really started to, you know, kind of, kind of fall in love with him. Just kind of like I mentioned with Matt Baskerson. Matt Baskerson was the commentator for MLB The Show. Brad Nessler doing the NCAA football series. Uh, so Brad Nessler is a guy who's, you know, like I said, he's he's older, but he he still does his job right. He still does a good job and and providing excitement in his calls. He doesn't butcher names like Vernon Lunkos that I mentioned. Uh, you know, Brad Nessler is. He's done several calls. He's done, you know, different sports. And so I'm still – I still get, you know, pumped when I hear Nestler making a call or an exciting call. Uh, so I'm glad to have him on SEC on – you know, SEC on CBS as we watch Saturday afternoon games for the game of the week. And you know it's what everyone's watching, especially in this part of the country. So to have a guy like Brad Nestler, who I've respected in broadcasting for several years, to be that voice, you know, just – it just warmed my heart when I 
heard the news that he was going to be the guy replacing him. Now, uh, you know, Gus Johnson had some time with CBS, and you know, he ended up leaving for Fox. And a lot of people were saying that they they felt CBS dropped the ball because they could have had Gus Johnson get him to stay and replace Lundquist. But you know, Fox has uh, Gus Johnson, CBS has Brad Nessler. Uh, it's kind of a win win for me because I get two of my favorite on different networks, and so a lot of times when I'm watching the game, I, and when it comes to college football at least, I can you know, get an opportunity to hear one of my favorite guys. Now, this next soundbite by Brad Nessler, it actually came last year in the Alabama LSU Classic, that high-scoring game that was in Tuscaloosa. Now, this is from CBS, as you know, with the SEC on CBS game that week. Take a listen to this exciting punt return by Jalen Waddle. And Rosenberg's punt goes back to the 23. Wow! I don't know how Waddle got away from that whiplash, and now he's coming the other way. Jalen Waddle! Across midfield, he's got a convoy. Waddle, he's gone. Touchdown. You know, I remember watching that game, and like I said, I'm not a fan of Alabama, I'm not a fan of LSU, but I do like Jalen Waddle. He's super dynamic, exciting kid who, if there's going to be another season in college football, he'll be back. But after this season, you'll know he'll enter the draft and pretty much guaranteed first-round pick. I mean, you saw the four touchdowns he had against Auburn and the Iron Bowl. The guy's amazing. He's electric. Uh, I don't really a lot of times like many players while they're still in Tuscaloosa, but I I love some Jalen Waddle. So it was pretty cool to hear Waddle return that punt. You hear Brad Nestor making the call. Uh, you know, especially when he said he's gone. You know that part right there is just I don't know. It did something to me, but I love watching that play in the call of Brad Nestor, especially on a punt return. We don't see too many punt return touchdowns. You know that's why kick return and punt returns to me are the most exciting part of the game, just because. Uh, well, touchdowns, I should say, are the most exciting when in special teams because you don't get too many of those. But it always serves as a huge momentum boost for the team who does score. So hearing that CBS audio of Brad Nelson making that call for Jalen Waddle, like I said, is one of my most uh, recent favorite calls by Brad Nelson. And, you know, I'm super glad to have him on the CBS network. Now, the next announcer, and he's probably my favorite if I had to choose one, it would be Kevin Harlan. I love some Kevin Harlan. Like, this is a guy who's been on the 2K series, and you've heard me talk about playing games like Play Madden, where Gus Johnson was on there. You got MLB The Show with Matt Baskers and NCAA football with Brad Nessler. You kind of see a pattern, a trend here. So, Kevin Harlan is a guy who's done the 2K series for several years. I believe it's since 2005, I, I read. So, um, I didn't get on to 2K until about probably 2K8. 2K7, my cousin Jeremy Holden, who's been on the show several times, he got me started on 2K, and I'm glad he did because, I, like I said, Kevin Harlan is where I first heard of him and you know, fell in love with this guy. And I love his calls, his enthusiasm, his love for the game. And just like the other guys that I mentioned that I like, you can't tell if it's a big game or it's kind of a game with little notoriety, but he's a guy who uh, you feel that excitement whenever he's making a call. Uh, there's I mean, speaking of 2K, you know, like I, I there was even one point where, like I said, playing a game, he made a call and it just made me laugh so hard I had to record it. So this soundbite right here comes from 2 2K, the game itself, and I'm sure it'll probably make you laugh just like it did with me. So yeah, hearing Kevin Harlan and Clark Kellogg, who I like a whole lot too. Uh, I love when they're together on the game. 
as people know, as different pairings. But man, that was hilarious. And that was actually from, I think, like 2K16 or something that I recorded. And I always held on to that. And you'd be like, man, that's that's weird. That's different. Well, that's just that's just a nerd in me, you know, being in broadcasting and you're appreciating calls like that. Uh, and it's coming from a video game. And you couldn't tell it's coming from a video game if you just heard it. Like, this is what 2K is out, outstanding for. Not just their gameplay, but just the outstanding uh, commentary that they bring. And Kevin Harlan spoke on that, how when he is in the booth, he wants to make it sound as authentic as possible when he's, you know, broadcasting and doing recording for the game itself. Uh, another thing about Kevin Harlan, like this is a guy who's, you know, he's called two games at one point. It was last year in the NFL, I guess we say, uh, last season because we're kind of still in it in the same year where the NFL wrapped up but last season it was the last game of the year he's doing the Chiefs Chargers game on CBS but that game had playoff implications because if the Chiefs win and the Patriots lose the Chiefs get to number two seed so Kevin Harlan's doing the Chiefs Chargers game he has a monitor where he's keeping tabs on the Patriots Dolphins game and so you're about to hear him Call the Chiefs game, but at the same time, talk about what's going on in the Dolphins and Patriots game. And this is audio from CBS, as I mentioned. So take a listen to this outstanding work by Kevin Harlan. Miami has first and goal down by four. And they're at the New England four-yard line, first and goal. 29 seconds left. Here, Butker kicks the extra point. And Fitzpatrick throws in the end zone. Touchdown, Miami! The Dolphins have just scored. Gasicki, the tight end, got a laser in the back of the end zone on a goal-to-go touchdown pass by Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to take a lead with 24 seconds to go. The extra point coming up for Miami, leading New England 26-24. to What a throw by Fitzpatrick. What a touchdown run by Williams on the last weekend of the regular season in the NFL. If the Chiefs win and New England loses, the Chiefs will be the two seed. They'll get the bye and they'll have a home game the next weekend. I'm getting confused. What game are you calling? I'm calling both games. How awesome is this guy? He's here broadcasting the game and can watch another game and still call that simultaneously and so my favorite part was when he said I'm calling both games you know that's what I love that part from him he just it's just he's just genuine and authentic and he just lets whatever comes out it, it, it flows you know just there's no scripting with him and kind of what I talked about with me not liking Bill Raptory is because it doesn't flow with him it seems forced when he uses catchphrases and Kevin Harlan is a guy who lets it you know go straight off the cuff and like he's a guy how he sees it, that's how he calls it. And so to have that talent and that skill to broadcast two games, like I said, it's, it's impeccable. So, like I said, if I had to choose one out of all my favorites, LB Kevin Harlan, who, like I said, you just heard that CBS audio with him talking about the Patriots, Dolphins, Chiefs, Chargers, and then the 2K audio where him and Clark Kellogg sharing their excitement on a video game that I play, you know, all the time. And so I love some Kevin Harlan. He's by far, if I had to choose, like I said, he would be number one. Now, the other guy who I couldn't leave him out, I almost forgot about him in a weird way because he's not in the game as much as he once was. 
is Chris Berman, and, and you know Chris Berman. Everybody knows Chris Berman, and you know all the different sound effects, sound effects that he makes, and the things that he says. Uh, you know, back when he and Tom Jackson would do the NFL Blitz, and I know they brought it back last year for a little bit, but it wasn't the same because it wasn't. It was only on ESPN Plus, so everybody didn't have access to it. But several years years ago, when on Sundays he and Tom Jackson, which to me is like the best duo when they're doing any kind of broadcast. Uh, whenever they would do the NFL Blitz, I know me and my friend Trent Hiller would talk about that's all we needed on Sundays is to see the Blitz with those two, and you get a full recap, detailed recap of what happened in the NFL on that day. So when ESPN took away from that on Sundays, took that show away, I quit. I kind of quit watching ESPN on Sundays just because it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same not having uh, Chris Berman and, and Tom Jackson. So, you know, Chris Berman, like I said, he has those sound effects and those noises that he makes that no one else can do. This clip right here comes from ESPN, The Blitz, as well. You're going to get a full experience of what Chris Berman and the calls that he makes. Yates with the Texans down 19 to the area and fostering fumbles. Jeno Atkins recovered the fumble. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling the fumble. Rumbling, That's a uh, Three Stooges classic. Now, I'm not going to try to imitate Chris Berman and his calls at all because I didn't have a problem attempting to do Bill Raftery because I don't care too much for his catchphrase at all. But if I was trying to do Chris Berman, I wouldn't do it any justice. So I'm just going to let it be what it is and let Chris Berman's calls be as great as they are. Now, another thing that people love about Chris Berman is his uh, nicknames. Like, he had nicknames for everybody, and it was really about wordplay. Like, he would take a name, plug a phrase in between or at the end, and it just made sense and made people laugh, and you always remembered it. Uh, some of my favorite nicknames by Chris Berman are Robbie Solid Goal, who kicks for the Niners. Uh, you have David Supreme Court Justice, who we know in this area play with the Braves. Daryl Strawberry Shortcake is another classic that we've heard several years. Uh, Mike, you're in good hands with Allstott. That's another classic there that uh, he came up with. And, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, remember the fullback, Mike Allstott, who was awesome uh, during the 90s. And then you also have probably my number one favorite would be Eric Sleeping with B Enemy. Uh, so that, when I first heard that years ago, I was just just laughing hysterically just because I'm like, man, this how's he come up with some of these names? And so uh, I think he was doing an interview with Rich Eisen about three years ago. And Rich Eisen, you know, was kind of asking him about the nicknames, of course, as any inner uh, interviewer would. And, you know, Berman was saying, he's like, I know people probably think I just did it to, you know, to get attention and all that stuff. He's like, when I first started doing, you know, broadcasting, I'm doing highlights. It's, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning and you have, you know, Seattle up five, Seattle five and other team two. It's two in the morning. You, I'm trying to bring excitement and stay awake and, and, you know, do highlights when it's just a scorecard. Like we didn't have, you know, a monitor and being able to break down things like so I'm just reading basically what I know. And so this was just a way to kind of be creative when you don't have highlights to go off of. So, uh, you know, that's that's something that, like I said, is what he's the OG. He's one of the best to do whatever. He'll always be one of the best. Chris Berman. With his calls, with his sound effects, with the things that he 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 says, whether it's you know baseball or football, you know he's done home run derby for several years, and so 
Uh, he's a guy I've always respected. And, you know, that list that I just gave you, I know I, there's several other guys I could have mentioned. And I'll tell you one who's kind of that honorable mention, who's up and coming and people know him, you know, fairly well now is Joe Tessitore, who does the announcing for the, uh, you know, Monday night football games. And I think he's well on his way to being kind of that next household name as he continues to build his career. Hey, this is Will Holland for the Wiregrass Kings, and you're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy of Fun Sports. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. It's time for Triple C, Corey's closing comments. And what I want to share to today with you today is something that I've heard from my pastor, Darius Creighton, uh, back home in North Alabama. You've heard me speak of him uh, a few times uh, throughout the show that I've done. Uh, something he said is, you know, faith is not cheap talk. Faith is hard work. Uh, and, you know, when we talk about having faith, you know, some people just, you know, they'll say it and, you know, I have faith or you got to have faith. But faith is hard. Like you have to put in work. You have to spend time with God, reading the word, meditating on the word, uh, reciting the word over and over until it, be, you know, gets in your heart. Because, like I said, you can tell somebody to have faith. You can say you have faith. But like I said, like Pastor Craig was saying, faith is hard work. It takes it's a process and it's something you have to build and build and build to create a strong uh, faith level that you have in God, knowing that everything is going to work out for you. Everything is working out for your good, regardless of the situation. So always remember that faith is hard work. So if you're going to say that I want to build a strong relationship with God, I want to increase my faith. It's not for the faint of heart. So always remember, faith is not cheap talk. Faith is hard work. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot for the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.